Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. Hello everyone, it's June 16th for the original air date on this podcast. So it has been the most wonderful slow stitching season here. June is beautiful. We've had some warm days, we've had some cold days, a little bit of rain, and guess what? We even had threat of frost all the way up until last night. It got down in the 30s, but it didn't frost here, but it did in a neighboring town. So I've been really watching that my little succulents that are sitting outside have three little baskets that they don't frost and they don't get too cold. Um, this is why I don't plant too many annuals here on the 45th parallel, because I don't mind doing succulents because they're right there on the porch. But when you start dealing with plants in the garden that are tender, and um, getting zapped by frost in June. It's really frustrating. So I tend to go with hardy perennials and we are in zone 4B. And right now it's pretty much a riot of color in the yard. Maybe that's why I'm not feeling great. It's a lot of pollen in the air and all of the leaves, um, you know, have been shedding their pollen with the pine trees as well as the maples. And I know I'm allergic to maples. So here we are. It's iris time. All of my irises are doing really, really well. I must admit, because the trees on the property line were cut down, um, they were old and dense and broken and unsightly and unsafe because they were leaning over the parking lot that butts up to my property line. If you haven't been listening, it's been a saga. Um, with COVID going, my neighbor uh, decided to send one of the volunteers for the parochial school that's the parking lot that butts up to my property and clean it up they want to have it look nice so they can run a finish mower through there on the edges of the parking lot well then it turned into cutting down all the trees and i was very distraught over it because it didn't none of this none of it even up until this week has gone as presented by the octogenarian who is the head of the project but it's growing on me that those trees are gone, then the garden is doing much better. And my irises haven't bloomed like this in a decade. There is so many of them. And once the garden is finished blooming, I'm going to start selectively picking the best of the plants because we're going to have to redo the entire bed, re-slope it, put a berm back in and a whole bunch of other work that my husband will have to do with the new tractor that he bought. It's a garden tractor. So irises are blooming. I have a few daylilies that are blooming. Um, the lilacs just finished. The violets just finished. And I have some perennial geranium that's starting to bloom. The snow on the mountain is finished. And it's just really, really a 
very pretty time. Oh, Columbine, that's also something that has bloomed. So it's really pushing to the next round of bloom, which will be things like my Coreopsis. And I still have some old fashioned, very dark purple irises that haven't bloomed. The poppies are blooming. And I'm fingers crossed that the peonies will bloom. It's all in a cottage style sweep through a border bed that was curved at one time and we need to straighten it out and make it one big curve. There's actually a little terraced spot that um, now that the sun is there, we're going to clean it up, plant some things, put some bird houses. I have my bird bath with the solar fountain in it. I mean, it's just really starting to look good. And I'm going through looking at all of the checklist of the things to make it a pollinator garden and wildlife friendly habitat. So Lots of cleanup still to do. That's going to happen this week with my husband moving some of the brush piles from the cutting down and a few stumps. And then we're waiting. That's the last and final step in the saga of waiting on my neighbor is that there is supposed to be a stump grinder come through. And once they're finished grinding the stumps on their property line, they're supposed to bring in more dirt. And I'm sure we're going to have to bring in quite a bit of soil to berm it up and then plant the arbor vitae that I have picked out. And we need to plant the crabapple tree that was given to me and start selectively picking the plants because the rest of them are going to get plowed over out. I don't know how they're going to be removed and start again. And, and it's, it's time. So I'm very excited about it. Same with the fairy gardens. Their boxes are falling apart. And so what I'm going to do is pull out the plants from the fairy garden and put them in pots on the corners of my limestone patio. But then I'm also going to make other fairy gardens throughout the garden section and terraces, whether they're in pots or little raised beds. I haven't quite decided, but that's the whole fun. It will speak to me as we go along. So that's the saga, the soap opera. Uh, nothing has happened on the property line. We are waiting. So what exciting things have I done this week? I have quilted a really pretty 1930s on point, I think it's called, I don't know, it's like a star. And then it has a square with a whole bunch of little squares in it, like a windblown square. And then it's, it's a two block quilt with no sashing. Very, very pretty. And then I have a second one just like it. I think the lady made it for her granddaughters who are twins. Boy, that sounds familiar. And then I have a big red and white star quilt to get done. So I've loaded, loading the second 1930s reproduction fabric star type quilt. And I have put a picture of the first one on Instagram and on my blog. I also have two baby quilts. So the thread came in from Green Fairy Quilts is where I normally order my thread. She had a fantastic sale going. I think the sale is wrapped up, but she has good prices on So Fine and Omni, which are the two threads that I use in my machine. And for the baby quilt, I tried to get a variegated pink, but when it came, it was not the dusty pink that I was thinking it would be. And it's more purples, which will be fantastic because I will use that in other quilts. So I'm going to go with the more conservative uh, taupe and lime green. Yeah, that's conservative, but it's a pink and lime and taupe baby quilt. 
I also have another baby quilt that is waiting for me to finish. So I'm going to get those loaded on probably before the big red and white quilt. I also finished a teddy bear, Boyd's Bear quilt. It was a panel quilt for a baby that was finished and delivered. And the t-shirt quilt is finished and uh, is my improv t-shirt quilt. And that will be delivered soon. So I achieved all of my goals and timetables. Now I'm just going to finish working on all of the customer quilts because quilters have been quilting during lockdown. I also started getting in my orders. So I got the thread. I um, got my first Tula Pink layer cake. Oh my gosh, it's the homemade line. It is so pretty. I have a 42 piece 10 inch layer cake. The colors are the rainbow colors that Tula Pink always uses and it has notions and scissors and needles and pins and a sewing machine but it's also got her way funky um almost like hidden um design that has notions and things in it oh my gosh i love it so it's purples pinks limes greens magentas oh pinks oh this one has hands on it that make a heart with lots of hearts and I am absolutely in love with this Tulip Pink line. I love Tulip Pink and I'll have to say that my super favorite one of all time that I made a quilt and purchased the line is Eden. But this is a second. Um, the hidden, the hidden um, square, she does this art and it looks like um, it's very, very detailed, and it's all of the notions hidden within the art. So it's kind of like a find it. So she normally does that with animals, but this one she did it with all of the notions and scissors and the hand with the heart and thimbles and thread. Oh my gosh, I love, love, love this. No idea what I'm going to do with it. I'm waiting for the half yard cuts that I ordered from Fat Quarter to Shop to come in, and then I can start thinking about a quilt design with a layer cake and some yardage. If you have a layer cake friendly, let me know, friendly pattern, because I'm, I bought it on impulse and I had no plan for it. And I'm just trying to think of how I can stretch that color and make it pop. So I do have a video on YouTube where I talked about doing this on another pre-cut collection that I had and how I used it and stretched it and made it really sing on the background colors that I chose. So you can find that on Vicki Holloway YouTube. My clothing came in from Torrid and fit and I love it. It's a little bit oversized for the shirt that I bought that's a tunic and the leggings which are really called pull-on pixie pants are the most comfortable things I've ever bought and I'm living in them. The good news is I am working from home for probably most of the time for the next several weeks. I'll be slowly going back into the office, but I think I can wear these pixie pants to the office. They're super, super comfortable. They're super thick, so you can't see through them. They don't look like leggings, but I would definitely recommend a longer shirt if you're gonna wear it in public. And I was also gifted a Dwell in Slumber swing dress you know they have the modern house dress where you could sleep in it or you could wear it all day and i got the new 
Sedona, which has the Arizona colors. Oh my goodness, it looks so good. And I love the colors with my complexion. So I'll have to say, Dwell in Slumber, that came in. And it was a gift from my daughter, and it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And I'm waiting on just a couple of other things. I had to order more um, thread. Can you believe that? I've pieced my way through all of the big 6,000 yard uh, cone of signature and I ordered another cone of signature. In the meantime, I found some nice spools of Guterman, which is a beautiful thread. And I've been piecing with that. Um, yes, I've been piecing a little bit. The Dear Jane, I got through the last, I'm on the last one, I think, for row B, and it's uh, curved around a pieced paper piece center, and I just haven't got the mindset to work on the curved Drunkard's Path edges that go around a pieced Drunkard's Path inner piece. Oh my gosh, it's just... Yeah, it's a tiny piece and then you put them all together and it's wonderful. It's a beautiful block, but I have not had the mindset to do it yet. <laughs> I've got to be in a mood because they are fiddly little blocks. So I've got a couple more blocks done since the last podcast and I'm pretty happy about that. This is not going to be kick it out and get it done within six months of a project. It's going to be long term. And that's what I like about it. It's been great for dealing with my problems of being bored and home with the lockdown with the COVID stuff. And I also needed a really detailed project, but something that you can pick up and put down. And I'm, I was a little frustrated with it. So I needed to put it down for a little bit because if, this is a um, quilter tip today. Whenever I'm ramming and jamming things and trying to go too fast, I always make a mistake and I wind up doing 15 rip outs and then you just like have wasted your time. So I wait until I am mentally prepared to do a very detailed block and, and curves and all the things that go with it. And then you tackle it. That might mean it has to sit for a week or two. And I am way okay with that. I just can't push myself to do things. It's when I start making so many mistakes. If I'm tired, if I don't feel well, if I have the wrong time of day and I'm just not in the mood for that, then I, I just need to stop and put it away for a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that says I have to be a one project quilter. I try not to get too many going because then that does stress me out. But I put this away for a little bit. And then going along with my impulse buying, which was last time when I talked about all the things I impulsively bought. This weekend, I was like, I need something a little simpler. I need something that's going to use up the stash that I inherited. And I went through the batiks that I inherited. And there are some beautiful, beautiful one yard cuts. And I pulled it all out. I watched a YouTube video, which I will put a link in the description on the video I used and their suggestions for cuts. And I started and I'm halfway done with a trip around the world quilt. 
it's so pretty. It's going to be roughly 60 inches without a border. I could probably push it to a 70 inch square if I wanted to. And it practically makes itself. The only thing about a trip around the world, it's a type of a Bargello quilt. Or is that Bargello? I believe it's Bargello. And you have to keep track of the colors. The whole thing is about color placement. I did make a couple of mistakes in picking colors for the strips, but I think it's going to be great for a first trip around the world quilt. And I might make several more of these just to practice color placement and do different sizes in the squares. This one has three and a half inch strips that you sub cut once you put them all together. And I think it's great to have a couple of quilts on hand that you can finish up and maybe give as gifts. I've never really been that far ahead of the game. Um, and I think these will be perfect. I will. I think they'll also be perfect teaching tools and talking about them in um, lectures or even YouTube series that I um, plan on doing. I'm learning slowly how to edit video. That's a very big project for me to learn and this new computer is wonderful but you got to learn how to run the high-tech programs and it takes a lot more time to learn how to use it than I thought it would <laughs> but that's okay start simply and I'm doing simple videos with not a hundred camera angles in it and a million cuts and I'm learning how to do voiceovers and I'm learning how to do all that but I haven't done a lot of it that's okay. So that was my impulsive. I needed a simple brain candy project. Same with, you know, long arming. I've been doing some simple brain candy projects there with the customer quilts I did. They're semi-custom with swirls and some different flowers and places, but they are not high stress projects. I cannot do a high stress project right now. So the impulsive start is leading to another path of fun things of doing more minimalist quilts like the trip around the world, which is really a study in color and practicing strip piecing, which I've never done a quilt that was based on building the whole thing with strips. I've seen the double cut jelly roll race quilt. I could do that with this particular quilt because I have lots of um, fabric left over and I think that would be a super fun quilt um, if I can remember to find a pattern for that I mean basically you you sew all your jelly roll strips together and they're 44 inches wide in a pleasing pattern and then you cut it twice however you want <clears throat> in the entire width of the strip set and then you use like a white strip to insert between your two cuts and then you do a border of the same color. Now you could do it white, black, whatever color you want and it makes for a really sharp looking quilt that's pretty quick. If they're pre-cuts it goes even faster and it looks really complicated but it's not. That's something I'm going to try doing a couple of those too because they're good to have little quilts on hand like that. And it's a practice in piecing and learning how to keep my strips from wobbling. So I'm looking for tips from my listeners. When I cut long strips that are with the fabric, 44 inches, I find that I get bends and wobbles in them sometimes. And the skinnier the strip, the more chance that there's bends and wobbles in it. And I need these strips to be straight. 
So I don't have a strip cutting machine or anything like that. But what are your tips for keeping the fabric from moving? Um, I, I've tried about three or four different things. And so far I've had improvement, but of course it's not perfect. And I'm looking for something to keep those strips as straight as possible. So please give me a comment or send me an email and you can help me out with tips on how to cut straight long 44 inch with the fabric strips. That's been the most of the time that I've been working on quilting things. But that doesn't mean that I'm not planning for future projects. So you may have heard that I alluded to this in a couple of podcasts ago, but July is the month where Gnome Angel, her name is Angie, she had a kinship come out last year. And 100 blocks in 100 days is normally every July. So I'm looking at the paper here. You can go on her website and she has the 100 days, 100 block event tracker. And it starts July 1st and it runs through October 8th for 100 days. And I really would like to finish up this kinship sampler. I chose the paper pieced version. There's some of them are squares and some of the blocks are rectangles and they go together in a very cool way. And it'd be super fun to piece this. Um, I've seen a couple of alternate set out uh, settings and it's really really pretty so you don't have to register there's no prizes this year it's a simpler strip down hey everybody's going on instagram and posting their pictures um cut make photo post she has little checks by each day block one is due to go up july 1st of course july 1st in australia is about the day before for us but it doesn't mean you're late it just means keep it keep it rolling you can sign up and register to buy the things that you need i'm doing kinship she's also has another quilt that you could you do and i totally forget the name of it but kinship this might be my opportunity i think i have 40 no i probably have 25 done from last year you share your block on the hashtag 100 days 100 blocks 2020 using social media of your choice. But generally, I see this on Instagram. This is probably the third or fourth year that I've done, I think it's four, that I've actually done the 100 block, 100 day challenge. And the first one, I stumbled upon it doing my Tulip Pink City Sampler. And I realized she did this every July. I was really, really motivated because it's cool to follow the hashtag and see everybody's colors, everybody keeping up. Some who are lagging behind, like I tend to, but I, sometimes I'm the overachiever and I'm the ahead of the curve type of thing. Well, not with kinship. I got behind last year. If you remember in the summer, I overcommitted myself and got myself in a real pickle trying to keep up with everything. Follow Gnome Angel on Instagram and Facebook, and she'll be the cheerleader of motivating you through your 100 days and you can share your fabric and your coloring plan now using the same hashtag so I have the book I got last year it's a wonderful book for kinship what I like is it's unique but it's not dear Jane level difficult it's kind of like the Tula Pink City sampler um, your blocks are small and you do have some tiny little pieces some of them are inch and a half 
and most of them are squares, rectangles, and triangles. I don't see any like trapezoids and oddball um, angles, which can be very frustrating. She used Marty Miller, Marty Mitchell, excuse me, I believe it. Let me go in and look on the first page of the book here. She uses templates by very famous Marty Mitchell templates. Um, I have the perfect square up ruler and a fussy cutting ruler and that um, is recommended. You could also purchase the templates from Marty Mitchell and you don't have to paper piece this, but I prefer to paper piece little blocks. So that's something I'm going to jump on social media in the big sew along with a whole bunch of folks around the world on the 100 block, 100, 100 days, 100 blocks. That's the hashtag 2020. And you can go to gnomeangel.com and you can download the tracker and you can look at all the event preparation and get excited because July 1st, believe it or not, I can't believe is two weeks away. And that will give me great incentive to finish my beautiful kinship. And it's super scrappy. I have no idea um, just using up scraps. There's not going to be any real plan to color palettes and that's how I did the um, Tula Pink City sampler and guess what it turned out fantastic so just bust bust some scraps doing the old sampler quilts now I'm also planning a sew along for the Facebook group and I am partnering with Halo Inspirations Angel of Halo Inspirations does a lot of weekly and a couple times a week Facebook lives and YouTube and does a great job teaching. <sighs> Deep breath, Vicki, because I don't have um, a whole lot of time to do those kinds of things in support of a sew along. She's going to partner with me and we're going to reveal in a couple of weeks exactly what the quilt is going to be is something we've talked about in the past on the group so if you're in Facebook on the my creative corner three you might guess what it is but it's another um, stash busting quilt especially strips um, of all different sizes and you could even use that ugly fabric for this particular quilt the uglier the fabric actually the more interesting the quilt can be so that's all the tease I'm going to give about that is we're going to start doing that toward the end of July but you can start going through your strips pull some really funky wild outdated even and ugly prints in probably multiple colors is how I always do it without any regard to color palette and you'll find out exactly what we're going to be working on in a couple of weeks. And I would like you to go and check out Halo Inspiration's um, Facebook page as well as join her. Her Facebook group is Halo's Creative Kingdom. And then you can catch all of the lives. I'm going to try to do a couple of lives and a kickoff and a wrap up for sure about the quilt. I'm going to be sewing uh, probably a small version of this quilt because I've made it a time or two, but you can make this quilt as big as you want. It looks great as a wall hanging. So don't think you gotta be doing a king or queen size scrap quilt for this. This is about fun. It's about using up strips and it's about using up ugly fabric. The other thing is it's also a kickoff into 
doing something that is using a master pattern and an idea versus a step by step by step. Wait, is that improv? Oh my goodness. It's kind of a lead into potentially doing improv, but it's not total improv, but it has a lot of decisions that you make along the way. And that's what makes it fun. You can make this your own very personalized quilt. Then in October, I plan on doing another sew along on using up orphan blocks. I have a million of them and I have found a quilt where you can use up at least a dozen of them per quilt. And it's interesting. It's a great idea. And it's by uh, Quilting Jet Girl. And she has a great uh, plan already free out there on how to use orphan blocks. And I thought it's super fun. If you've got a baker's dozen of orphan blocks that you want to use and find a home for in a quilt you can join me for that in the fall I'm gonna keep working on all these things and I'm gonna keep making quilts I've got so much fabric and you know I am not a stash person but I have a stash that I inherited and I keep going through it and finding treasures in there. I was rifling through it, you know, mostly for making masks, but I think the mask making is slowly wrapping up and I'm just kind of doing friends and family and occasionally for the person at work who may need a new one or if their cloth mask, you know, broke or fell apart or they lost it, which, you know, I've lost them before too. So having a lot of fun going through and discovering the treasures that are in this stash, as well as all the notions and different things. So that pretty much wraps up the content of my planning. It wraps up the idea of what I've been quilting and sewing. And so what have I been knitting? You're going to guess it again. Yep, that same cranberry colored cowl. You know... I love long-term projects and this is a slow stitching project. It goes around my neck once, but I've decided not to make it a cowl, but to make it an infinity scarf. So I'm doing a seed stitch and just keep on keeping on with it. It's a nice relaxing thing in the evening and I have probably knitted an inch or so on it. I'm the world's slowest knitter, but I really, really love knitting. So I'm working on that and that's going to be my dedicated project for knitting until I get that done. I don't want to start a new project. So I think I knit a new project like one or two items a year and that's how slow I am. I don't have much, I don't have any yarn except a few oddball ends here and there. And um, I have a lot of white and off-white that I've tried using in a knit project that was like an artisan yarn and I don't like how it knits up so I'm going to try crocheting and I saw a really cool it's a kind of like a granny square with a circle and then you make the circle into a square now I have an old leisure arts pamphlet that is 100 granny squares that I bought years and years ago that's the best thing because I like to crochet granny square variations versus doing really complicated lace or things like that. So if you're into crocheting, that's a fun one to have. You can go online and find tons of free granny squares. And I think it's called circle in a square. Well, this one's great because it uses like white or off-white centers. And then you can do all kinds of cool stuff 
in scrappy pieces of yarn for the rest of the square. So I'm pretty excited about potentially trying that as I get going along with this <laughs> infinity scarf, which is taking a long time. You know, I've had some of these um, yarns for a long time. When we went through the dumpster um, to go, go through things to go in the dumpster, I found a really old bag of yarn. I used up all the wool and pretty things and I pitched all of the acrylics and things that were like almost 20 years old. I mean, that's just how long some of these yarns can last. So the cheap yarns that were no fun to work with, and I've used a million times, they went in the dumpster. And it felt good because now I can use the pretty yarn. I still have a big chunky skein of pink from when I went to Virginia a couple years ago. And I think I may try to do a shawl I did one shawl out of it out of about two and I may try to make another shawl I just have so much fun with making shawls I use them a lot you know as to carry to go you know I don't wear them to work very much because work's pretty hot but the house is cold so it's nice to have a couple of wraps or shawls to use and I have not worked on my art journal much but I'm gearing up to potentially work on a couple pages over the next week. Again, these are projects that ebb and flow as inspiration hits you. And I'm finding that I need to do more creative things every day to get more creative ideas to do some of the creative things. Does that make sense? When you take a break from doing a lot of creative things, it just kind of, I just find that I'm not as creative or the ideas don't come to me. And I used to think you'd use all your creativity up, but that's not true. So what am I doing to jumpstart my creativity every day? I've gone back to doing Fat Mum Slim's photo a day on Instagram, and I've had so much fun with it. So the May prompts were all about isolation what we're doing during the time of isolation and July is the alphabet with numbers at the end because obviously there are more days and I'm waiting probably in a couple of weeks we'll see what August is about and I'm finding that doing more photography in prep for the photo a day is the launching off creativity spark I need every day. I take a lot of pictures, I look at the prompts, I try to get some photos ahead that would fit the prompt. And that sparks, you know, the creativity of it, you know, lighting and composition, gives me ideas for my art journal, and it helps me spur me on to be more creative in making other things. So give that a try if you haven't. I mean, it's really the thing that I enjoy doing that is a pretty active brain engaging thing but it doesn't take lots and lots of effort and time I mean to snap a photo that starts with the letter P today I did pink nail polish and I tried to find really cool lighting and I did and it was it went okay it didn't go exactly the way I wanted had I done that I could have spent hours trying to get a thousand pictures of my bottle of pink nail polish but for the exercise I spent probably 10 or 15 minutes on it and it was the perfect jump start to my creative day. So what kind of creative sparks do you find helpful? What do you do every day? Do you meditate? Do you um, go out in the woods? Do you 
go to the beach? Do you find creativity in activity? That's what I find. Also, I get inspired by nature, but mostly it's these photo a day things that bring out the most creativity in my brain. And then I have to have my phone near me so I can type down all of the ideas that I get from time to time. So plan on joining me on a couple of these sew alongs. I impulsively started the trip around the world. I'm going to finish that up probably this week, you know, finish the top and then debate whether I want to put a border on it. In July, I'm going to jump back into making my kinship quilt that Gnome Angel, Angie, uh, designed. And we're going to, I'm going to follow along in the 100 Days, 100 Blocks event. Maybe I'll get them all done this year. In the end of July, I'm doing a sew along with the My Creative Corner 3 Facebook group. And if you are an Instagrammer and not a Facebook person, we could come up with a hashtag and follow the hashtag for each other on Instagram. So I'm going to think about that and try to think up of a good hashtag we could all use and, and follow all of each other's quilts if you're not on Facebook in the group. So that's this week's podcast. I hope that you're slowly getting back into a more normal type of life. Um, we are slowly getting back to it here. Um, I still have not gone into a lot of places. I'm excited because next week the library is opening limitedly to the public and I would like to get a library book. Not going to the gym, even though our gym has opened up. I just find that too scary. I am wearing my mask a lot. Um, some people are starting to not wear it, but I find myself with a little bit of a sniffle today and I am not ready to go anywhere without a mask, <laughs> including work. We're wearing masks at work. You can take it off when you're in your office, but when you're in public places and only one person at a time in the break room and all that kind of stuff. So let me know how you're doing this summer. It's simpler here because all the events are canceled, but man, we're kicking butt on getting projects done and... I'm so excited. The yard never looked any better. Everybody have a most wonderful week. Be creative and quilt on, everyone. 